Hi everyone and welcome to Mighty Watch Podcast episode 134. This probably isn't going to be all that cheerful. My name's Jack, I'm joined by Casey. How are you? Yeah, not too bad mate, how's things with you? Um, well, I'm full of cold, so I'm full of cold and we're playing Chelsea. So there's not a lot of optimism at the moment. No. Um, we can flash back to a wonderful, wonderful time few days ago, where we had nearly a fully fit squad and still didn't win. Uh, two, and that, two draw and that only lasted about 15 minutes into the game. Yeah, yeah. two all draw with Brentford. First things first, point gained or two lost? Ah, two, two lost. They, they offered absolutely nothing. Like, yeah. I think if you, depending on the stream you were listening to, the absolute shock in the voice of the commentator when they scored was... Um, I think it told the story really that, that Melier had made what one save up and, up to that point. Really hadn't had anything to do. Um, yeah, I just shot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, um, obviously that, that everyone, all the uh, commentators that I heard, were very much expecting Brentford to score. But that's the pessimism of Ellen Road. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could be. We could have had 26 shots to an opponent's zero and we'd be convinced we're going to concede a goal. But they, um, it was a bit weird, this game, because first half, we weren't... I wouldn't go as far as saying we were good, but I thought we were comfortably the better side. Like, we we weren't great at all, but we were fine. It was a bit weird. For about five minutes, we were all over shop because we... I think we, we had, like, Roberts up front by himself, almost. I think mm. he was meant to be up with Rafinha, but it was a bit... I think basically we looked at their team and they thought what I thought when I looked at the team. Because I looked at it and said, oh, they're not playing two up front. Because they've been playing Canos as right wing back. So I didn't realise they were going to put him up front. Uh, so it was him and Umbermo. And it took us five minutes to sort it all out. But once we did, we started to get on top. Then Cooper gets injured, hamstring, out for a while. Again, we were all of at shop. Because Bielsa wasn't sure what he was going to do, because he went to bring he went to bring on Cresswell, then he went to bring on Click, and then he eventually brought on Harrison. Yeah, he really went to bring on Click because Click was stripped and ready to go. It wasn't even yeah. a call him across and actually, no, no, actually, I'll do this. It, it was Click. You are good. Hmm. No, send Jack Harrison over. We'll get him on for our injured centre back. Yeah, because uh, obviously, I mean, if Click had come on for Cooper, it'd have just been Phillips drops into centre back. You'd have thought, but instead, Harrison comes on, plays on the left. Furpo goes inside to left centre back, where he was okay. That was about it. Uh, but even though we were only okay, we got on top in the game without creating a great deal. And then Rafinha, one moment of quality, really good cross and a good run. It was a well-timed run from Roberts, actually, to get him behind, and he finished it quite well. Yeah, it was a really nice... Uh, it was a, the perfect ball for it, because we were coming up against a, a very big defence. You know, obviously, we know about Janssen, but the rest of their defence is, is fairly similarly built. And as became the frustration as the game went on, we seemed to have a habit of putting high crosses in for them to comfortably deal with. And that, whereas Rafinha's ball was curled, it was just, I think it was just behind Janssen, who was kind of the furthest defender forward, and then behind the other two central defenders. 
and Roberts just slides in with a nice finish. But, it, it, you know, it was the one bit of play that actually made a bit of sense in that area to to try and get him behind because we weren't, otherwise we were just lumping long balls into the box or, or whipping crosses in and they were being dealt with fairly easily. I think one of the issues was against the, obviously the size factor is a big thing and that's not even their biggest defence because Christopher Ayer is massive and he was missing. But uh, Charlie Good's pretty big and Ethan Pinnock's huge. Uh, one of our problems, and we always, we've, we play him most of the time. I know Harrison came on to play wing back. But because our wingers are always inverted, they're always hitting in swinging crosses when they could chop back. And it it's all it's much more difficult to put in a low cross when it's an in swinging cross. Yeah, like like I mean that was the whole thing with Rafinha being over on that side that he's got that ball that he could, and it's you know, to, to to steal the cricketing term, he put it in the corridor of uncertainty. Mm. Um you know, right on the edge of the six yard box. Easy enough for Roberts, just far out enough to make the keeper have to consider whether to come for it. It was low, it was quick. Um, yeah, it was it was a fantastic cross. Because I think just before that, if I remember right, I think Rafinha had put a cross in that was head. I think it was he headed out by Janssen straight. Yeah, back straight to back him. to him. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, it'd be great if we had wingers that could do that and played on those sides at times, but. You know, the problem is Jack Harrison doesn't have that ability to do that at the moment, and Dan James is now a striker. Uh, Dan James. Who, who I don't think can cross anyway, but... Dan James will... Um, I'll just mention it now, because it won't be crucial enough to mention later. That cross he put in in, like, the 90th minute where he got in, like, the right channel and just had to drill it low and hard across and put it 20 yards over everyone's head. I've, you, you know that noise in Ellen Road, the... Not anger, just disappointment noise. Ah, it was it was what that, all that <laughs> the um you know to it's it's one of those ones. I think patience is starting to wear thin and you're starting to because of some of the performances and some of the results, it's not gonna properly turn and become really bad, but you're just starting to hear it really go. And the worst thing that could happen to Daniel James is that Tyler Roberts is playing really well. Well, yeah. well, really well. <laughs> but, he's, but he's playing well. And obviously he has always, for whatever reason, been the unfairly targeted one. If everyone plays shit, people come out and say Tyler Roberts was shit. Uh, and now he's playing well, so they need someone else. And basically the two at the minute are James and Harrison. And I can't even say it's unfair. I'd love to know <laughs> tactically how it sort of all works in the build-up to a game for, for Bielsa's teams in terms of how much you know the 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 uh, you know the information they're given about the opposite the you know their opposite number and who they're going to be marking and things like that and and how much the the training is geared around that. So whether it's just whether you're working for like Thursday, Friday in training and you're you know, that's what you've been, been drilled into you. Because if that's the case, it must be really frustrating, you know, to whoever you were in those five players that moved around within about the first 15 minutes, as opposed to just making the obvious changes um, when Cooper got injured, that instead five players are all changing their role and 
I've now got someone new to mark and, and something completely different to do. Yeah, it it cannot help. Um, like I mean, inju- injuries that. never help, but I suppose in a, in a man-to-man <clears throat> system, it probably hurts even more. Like that's why, you know, you looked at the first two people that Bielsa was considering, that you either put Charlie Cresswell on as a, as a like-for-like, who I'd have been perfectly fine putting on in that game. Mm. Um or putting on click and just dropping Phillips in, and and then you've only really affected one player. It, the, the change to bring Harrison on, and, and which then just led to various people being shifted about, and you know I know we scored not long afterwards, but I, I don't know if long term through that game, I don't know how much that impacts you. You see that particular change. The second it happened, <clears throat> if I'd have been, this is complete hindsight because when he made that change. I've said that's the wrong change. Like I've, I've straight away hands up, thought it was the wrong change. But once they had that, maybe it maybe took five minutes after that. But once they'd done that, I actually think that was the best we looked. So mm. I think that on this occasion, the weird moving everyone around kind of worked, which normally it doesn't. But on this occasion, I think it did. Um, but then obviously we're going one nil up. We haven't been great, but we have been better side. And then the second half, Ailing has an early chance from a free kick, which keeper makes a good save from. And after that, I swear you'd have thought they were making a concerted effort to lose the game. I just the sloppiness and just but it isn't a oh tactically we were trying the wrong things. No, just if there was a ten yard pass, they would mess it up. If there was a five yard pass, they would mess it up. If they ever did win the ball back in a good area, they immediately gave it away. If they ever had the ball, you know, one of their forward players lost the ball, we just gave them it straight back. It was a run of, there was a run of about 10, 15 minutes. Obviously, both the goals, I'm not sure how close together they were. It felt like a couple of minutes. Um, But, like, the first goal is just shite in about four different ways. And then the second goal is shite in about four different ways. It was just... I, I, there's only so long you can say that it's like, oh, a lack of confidence, a lack of it. They're just not themselves. This just looked like they turned into some really bad footballers for 20 minutes. Yeah, we just... I, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know if Bielsa gave them a Dennis Wise-like team talk and tried to demoralise them a bit or something, <laughs> to try to ground them a bit, but... Um, no, it was it was very disappointing. Like you say, we, we saw it against Norwich, and and you've seen it a few too many times this season where we just just can't connect. It's fairly simple passes, you know. It's not it's not really an issue with the pressing. It's not really an issue of. I don't think it's even an issue of players, you know, being out of sync with each other. They're just missing simple passes. Um. And, you know, Phillips was the same. Phillips has, has had it a couple of weeks as well, and probably wasn't as bad um, against Brentford, to be honest. Because I think with him, it's highlighted when you see him missing the 25, 30 yard balls that he's, when he puts those out of play. But yeah, like you say, just trying to play out of defence and we just play these passes that are just really nowhere near who it's meant for. It's very easily picked off. Yeah. Uh, first goal there, ball goes down our right hand side, their left. Stuart Dallas has everything under control, as far as you can tell. And Luke Ayling has come across, probably needlessly, to be honest. 
has come across. So not only does one player have it sorted, we've got the cover of an extra player there. So there's no way he can get out. So Dallas chucks himself on the floor and he gets out and puts a cross in. Uh, and Baptiste is completely unmarked on edge box. I have not seen like a wide angle to chase it all the way back and see if that was Phillips's man. Because obviously Phillips at that point was about to be subbed in a minute because he was injured. Mm. But what I would say is my gut is that it wasn't because Forshaw was like in the box and he kind of wafted a leg at it and didn't get anywhere near it. And the one tear arsing after Baptiste, you know, in a panic, like, oh shit, that's my man, was Tyler Roberts. Yeah. So I think it was probably his man. And Baptiste does play relatively deep. But it was it was the as much as there was loads of issues with it, it was that down on the right hand side with Dallas and Ailing that really pissed me off because that was like pub level defending. Yeah, it's once that ball goes inside because I think it goes into Canos, doesn't it? And then he lays it off to the edge of the area. Um, is that you? You sort of see that scrambling then of everyone kind of trying to move one one man across to to make up for it. Um, and ultimately, like I know they're they're a strong team, but Dallas really has to do better with that once it's in the corner. Yeah, like that was what he had it completely under control. He could have, I, I honestly think he could have just put the ball in the stand, even though we didn't have possession. I think he could have, but either way, he could have just like all he had to do was just stay goal side and not do what stupid. And he had him contained. At it's worst, really, it, at really worst he'd have given away that pace blocking across, maybe. Yeah, it's, it's really frustrating that with Dallas as well because you just, I suppose it's the form we're in at the moment, and it you just. Because clearly, the, you know, it, 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 I don't think it's an issue with confidence when you watch him do the Cruyff turn on the edge of our penalty area and, and run it up the field. It, what what was a lovely bit of skill by him. Um, so, yeah, just just very frustrating from, from that point of view that we didn't, you know, it, it wasn't a bit of football where we were outplayed. It was just, a, you know, a long, essentially a ball down the line that we just didn't deal with at all. Yeah. Then Phillips goes off, Click comes on. Um, I, I, I don't think it'll come up again, so he said I don't think Click looked great all the way through the half hour we played. Uh, the second goal was probably even more frustrating than the first one. Because like on the second goal, we gave it away we, uh, we gave it away really poorly. And then they gave it back. I think Furpo intercepted it, but then Furpo gave it away. And then Furpo won it back again. And then I would have to be able to hear it to see exactly what happened. Because Furpo plays like a weird little four-yard ball inside to Forshaw, which was an odd ball to play. But it was both a bad pass and Forshaw just seemed to let it run through his legs to give it away as well. So I'm not sure what either of them were doing, to be honest. Um, but there is a chance that Forshaw said, just knock it up the line and Furpo played it inside. So there is a chance that that, that that could have happened. I don't know. Mm. But as soon as they give it away, they then break. And no one gets near the ball or any of their men at any point. Like, Canos's run is a fairly simple diagonal run from one side to the other. And there's no pressure on that run, no one chasing him. And there is no pressure on Mbermo, who's got the ball when he plays the pass. If you're man-to-man, if you're not doing out to either of them, something's gone really wrong. And I know that we've conceded goals like this a lot where we can see ball in a bad area and in defensive transition, we're all of it shopping. It just becomes a mess. But it was that 
we didn't just give the ball away once. We did it twice and got away with it and then did it a third time. Like back to back. It was you it was what you know, again, that crowd thing of oh, ah, oh, oh. Oh, they've done it again. <laughs> and no, I mean it's I... a good finish. It's a good finish from Canos. Like there's no Melia could do about it. But um no, and in the space I don't as I say, I don't know how long it was between the goals, but in the space of a couple of minutes, they had endeavoured to throw away a game that shouldn't have been that difficult. It, it, this isn't early season Brentford who had loads of confidence and were playing pretty well. Brentford didn't do anything. We just handed it to them. Yeah, I, th- I thought in this, and I know he's probably the third or fourth in the line for responsibility for this, but um, I thought Llorente probably should have done a better job tracking Canos's run because he seems to come from in front of him and just diagonally run behind just in behind him. Um, now, whether it's just a case that he doesn't catch him because he's, he's focused on the ball or not, but it, it does seem like he's, he comes across at an angle where Llorente should have been able to see him. Um, but like you say, it's the fact that we're, we're not marking the man, we're not closing down the ball. Um, just it's, it's just very sloppy, isn't it, really? The, 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 there's, you know, as harsh as it sounds, you, you can't really describe it any other way. If that's yeah. what the system, if that's what the system is meant to be, and you're not doing either, the system has at that point failed. Yeah, it was a it was a very very poor goal to give away that one. The first one was as well, but there was something about this one that just really knocked me. Um, and the thing is, obviously, there was plenty. There was still plenty of time for us to get back into it, and we brought on Bamford, who, to be honest, couldn't get in the game that much, uh, and. Basically, until the 95th minute when we scored, we didn't look like scoring. No, because uh, every time we went, every time we tried to go forward, Dan James was offside. Yeah, oh God, he was offside a lot. As it, From in the ground, it felt like a couple of them were a bit harsh on him. But, like, it was so much. And a lot of them, it wasn't even mistiming runs, it was coming back, which is always more annoying because. Even though I don't think, I mean, I don't think he is lazy, but when it, your brain goes to that, especially in the ground, if a ball goes forward and the forward has not got back goal side, you immediately think that's lazy, that. Um, yeah, but... it, it was very frustrating in as much as, you know, he was getting caught offside. I think a couple of times he got caught quite high up the field as well, which is so frustrating because there wasn't many times Brentford allowed for that ball in behind. And, and I think at that stage of the game, we really could have done with that, of, of trying to get Dan James in behind a couple of times. So it just got really frustrating when, when he was getting caught in those areas. Yeah, but the, o- the only good thing that we can take from the game after a second-half performance like that, we did get a point. Uh, Rafinha corner, Ailing flicked on. Bamford, really good reactions for a striker because uh, it's, no- it's at an awkward height and he just kind of gets a thigh on it and in off the bar. It was like the opposite of Harrison had a similar chance about a month ago and he like threw his kneecap at it so it flew miles up in the air. Whereas it's a sign of a striker's instinct that he's able to get the right sort of contact. Great to see the goal. Ellen Road goes mental. I bet, I really... bet it was great to see the goal. I bet it was because I oh. didn't. <laughs> damn you. Completely, um... Damn you, completely legitimate source of Leeds game. Yeah, 
uh, we're advertising uh, a T Twenty game just before the goal was scored, so that when I re- when I uh, refreshed the feed, Bamford was wheel- wheeling away shirtless, and then as the replay was about to be shown again, they cut away to the same advert again. <laughs> well, as a, it, it's a good finish. Goes mental. He goes mental. Takes off his shirt, throws it in the air, jumps up in, jumps up in celebration. Apparently, does his hamstring. Uh, we don't know for certain that that's when it happened, but that's the story going round. And he did it at some point, so it might as well have been then. Uh, Probably the fastest he moved the whole game. Yeah, he, it was really nice to have him back. We've been missing him for so long. He's such a focal point for us. It made a real difference having him back, and now he's out again. Um, so we might as well mention it now. So Bamford's out with a hamstring injury. By the sounds of it, Calvin Phillips is out with a hamstring injury. Liam Cooper's out with a hamstring injury. Robin Cox's still out, and Rodrigo's out with a heel injury. Uh, if Phillips is going to be out for a while, he's probably going to have that shoulder surgery that he's been putting off. Mm. So the question, I've, I thought, you know, like, oh, does this make us a better price for relegation? Does this mean that we're really struggling? But in the end, I just decided, are we fucked? <laughs> is uh, is the best way to ask this question. Because I know that there's some other poor teams down there, but missing ba- we missed Bamford so much and now he's gone again. We always miss Phillips when he isn't there. And, you know, Rodrigo missing and Cooper missing are problems, but problems that we can maybe deal with. He didn't mention in the press conference, but we don't know if Strauch's back. Yeah, and that be that would be your first thought at this point, as to, as to who plays there. Um, I'm just trying to think of the other ways you'd do it. Poor Charlie Cresswell. That's all I'm saying, well, is it? You know, you've, you've made a, a, one Premier League, a one full Premier League game, a couple of sub-appearances, and... In my head, he is now dealing with Lukaku at the weekend. He may, he really may well play. Because if Strauch's not there... Yeah, it's... I mean... There's no Rodrigo, so I'd imagine a midfield three of Forshaw, Click, Roberts... Probably. It's a bit weird with um, this. It's something that we'll come on to when we start talking about Chelsea properly. But they do switch their formations. Not by much, but the difference between us against 3-4-2-1 and 3-4-1-2 are big differences. It's the difference between a back four and a back three. It, it, changes, it can change everything. So a lot depends. So we'll get, we'll get into the Chelsea game. Um... We're, but basically, before we do, I, I want a one-word answer. Are we fucked? No. I don't know why, but no. Yeah. I, I take you, <laughs> you don't feel the same. Uh, I'm, I'm seriously worried now. Uh, I, I think that there are worse teams than us if everyone's because even with everyone fit, we're not good this year. But with, with everyone fit, I think we're fine. With all these players missing, we're not. And we've got a really bad run of games right now. 
that are not going to help. A lot, as much as obviously we're really worried about our results, what we need is no one to go on a good run this next four. Or at least no more than one of the teams down there to go on a good run now. Because that could be a real issue in terms of confidence. Yeah, you basically want all the, the sort of top six teams to win all their games and any bottom half teams that are playing each other to draw. And I must admit, this is, I have to admit, I do think that this is much more fan head than logic head. Because, like, had we won that game against Brentford, which we probably should have done if we wouldn't have made a mess of it, but we could have also very easily lost it. If we'd have won that game, we'd have been 11th. Yeah. And you wouldn't be thinking like this. But it's because we don't really see the other teams being shy. So you think they're better than they are. And they're probably a lot of opposition fans think we're better than we are. But um, at the minute, I'm in full-on panic mode. Yeah, it's definitely not helped by the run of games that we have. That no. even having already accepted that we might get no points from 12 out of this. But that's a very realistic possibility. Um, it it doesn't help, and I know there's you know a, was a six point gap between us and, and the bottom three. I know Burnley have got a game in hand because the the Spurs game been postponed, but it doesn't it doesn't make you feel any better, does it? Not at the minute. And what doesn't make me feel any better is that Chelsea are really really good. Uh, so we're away at Chelsea on Saturday. Saturday three o'clock game. That's rare. Hopefully they don't advertise any T Twenty cricket while we're while we're watching it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they have actually got um, now. Maybe some of these will be back, but so, there's some injury, some COVID. But Jorginho, Kante, Kovacic, and Loftus Cheek are all apparently struggling, and then Chalaba as well. Uh, you know, that's a load of centre mid options gone which for most teams would be a huge problem. But that means we've still got Sol Niguez, Reese James and Ross Barkley and Mason Mount as centre-mid options. I would think they'll probably play Saul and Barkley so they can play James at right-back. But... I mean, this I feel like this is the game to give the captain's armband and full debut to Lewis Bate. Basically, do it against your old club. Show them what they're missing, and uh, hope youthful exuberance will carry us through this one. Yeah, I might be. I might have been going to mention that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, Lewis Bate does need to be. I, I don't think he'd start this, even though I would be genuinely tempted. Like, I really would, uh, but I am. I I do have an instinct to throw him in when it comes to things like this, which most which. You know, if it was actually my job, maybe I wouldn't be so gung ho. Yeah, Eddie Rockshaw um, over here, like. Yeah. But they, uh, he should Do, be in the squad for certain. The, the saving grace, Jack, is in their last five Premier League games, they've only won two mm. and lost one. So, yeah. patchy, patchy at best. We, we haven't been losing games. <laughs> it's weird now because we're we, unbeaten we, in three. You wouldn't know it listening to me, but we no. <laughs> it's just that as much as we deserved more from some of it and things like that, we, we you do look at those three games and, you, you know, Brighton, we were shy and should have got beat. Palace, we got a last-minute penalty. 
and Brentford, we got a 95th minute equaliser. So, yeah, we got five points from those three games. And we there were games that we deserved to win in some cases. But that could so that easily is, have been won. When you, say, when you say in some cases, do you mean the Palace game? Yeah, basically. <laughs> basically the Palace game. But that could so easily, like, so easily have been one point. I think the, I think the really frustrating thing is, because we, we've now had three games this season where we've where we've got something in the last minute. And at the moment, it still feels like it was sort of for naught. Like, you know, you're you, just looking through them. Um, obviously, we res- saved a point against Wolves. Um, last minute winner against Palace and a last minute equaliser. If, if those two games we drew... Those have been last-minute winners. You'd feel so much better about them because all of a sudden you, you know, that's an extra four points. Um, that puts on twenty, and we'd be behind Brighton, so it'd be tenth. Then you'd be fine. But the, you know, the points. You know, getting a point doesn't really do much for you in the Premier League, unfortunately. Well- I can't remember the exact number, but I know it wasn't many. I believe we've already drawn more games this season than we did last season. We really did like three. Last we only season, drew like three, three or four games last season. We didn't draw yeah. many at all. And I know that it's the simplest thing in the world, and it's the sort of thing that the eight-year-old drunk guy in the pub says. But he's right. If you're playing three games, winning one and losing two is better than two draws. Yeah. Uh, and we need to. It's why I think. We probably need to take a few more risks, but we already feel like we are. It just isn't working. Um, if they, pl- we're probably then going to end up because this is one of the things. It depends whether they whether they play one two or two one. Because if they play one up front with two behind, even though those two behind aren't really wingers, our fullbacks would tuck inside and mark them. And then the wingers just have to bomb back with their wing backs all the time. So it, if they play two up front and one, then we have a back three. But one of our midfielders has to sit deep on their actual number 10, which could be Mount or Kai Havertz, so I didn't even mention him. But yeah, I've got the thing here, uh, probably two playing off Lukaku, <clears throat> which is two from Vernon, Mount, Pulisic, Hudson, Adoy, ZH or Havertz. Squad depth sounds nice, which isn't it? too bad, but it does make me think. Like now we have no Phillips. Who do we play in midfield? Like Ali's message is saying for me, click not tracking back is our biggest problem, and I haven't noticed him not tracking back, but he seems to be much worse at it. I don't know if he's just aged all at once and he's lost a yard, which wouldn't even be unreasonable with the amount of football he's played and stuff, but he has not looked himself. So I'd be very I'd be very worried about playing a midfield to a four shot and click at the minute. Because I just feel like it'd get completely run into the ground. And now we know Phillips, if they do play a number 10, Forshaw's probably playing that deep role. Mm. So then, yeah, I, I, so then do you play do you play Dallas in midfield with click? But can you play Dallas in midfield with click? If we in that case we'd have to play a back three, because Ailing's gonna have to play centre back, so Dallas would have to play right wing back. Will he trust Shackleton for once? No. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's Phillips missing just fucks everything. 
Yeah. I, 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 there's so many what-ifs to this, given their injuries, our injuries, and, and what for, what system they will play. Um, I think, you know, I think, as you mentioned earlier, a lot hinges on whether Pascal Strike is fit or not. Yeah. Um, because we really do with him. And then I, I can at least, I, I'd feel more comfortable in a different, you know, in a back three where it's, you know, ailing Urente and Strike. Mm. Um, you know, nothing on, on Cresswell, but I don't think playing Chelsea in this, you know, front line of Chelsea is, is what you need to be coming again going up against no, right I'll now. Say, I'll say right now, if Strauch isn't fit, I think the back three is ailing Urente Furpo. <laughs> that's not what I think it should be, but that's what I think it will be. <coughs> uh, Ali's also said, could Kenny come, Kenny come up and play in the uh, place of Calvin Phillips? No one Kenny has been better the last month, but I don't think he's good enough. Like, just he, straight he, up. I was going to say, he's not one that's even been making the bench, has he? He was on the bench away. He was on the bench away at Newcastle when we went because I remembered noticing that. Mm. But overall, like if someone's now, I could be proved wrong. It's not like I'm. It's not like I know anything. But just based on the eye test, I just don't think no one can is good enough. Um, No, I'd love him to prove me wrong, but and and this is the problem, you know. And and it was one of the arguments I had a few times over the you know at the back end of the transfer window was. I yes, we should, we do need a backup that that can play that role. The problem is, you for us to do that, if you want someone who can play even nearly as play nearly as well as Phillips can, you're paying an awful lot of money for someone to sit on the bench. And yes, he'd be playing now in, in through you know with him being injured, but you're shelling out a lot of money for that. The alternative is you get someone who's not as good, and you just hope that they can do play at eighty percent of the ability that Phillips can, or something like that. Um, uh, normally, it would just be well, Strauch will fill in for Phillips, but because Cooper's injured, yeah, even if Strauch's fit, Strauch will be needed at the back. Holding midfielder Charlie Cresswell. I mean that's why well, he played. That's why he played the other night against Leicester for those twenty odd minutes before he got sent off. Or however, yeah, he gave it. He gave him a go there for twenty threes, and he got very stupidly sent off and cost him the game. Uh, Ali has also mentioned Shackleton playing in the Calvin role because he did do it once and he played well. He did do quite well, but was that was that the Newcastle game? Uh, he, he's done it there, and he did it. Uh, he did it briefly against Villa, but then they switched him and uh, Click and Click did it. It's a bit all over the shop. He has done it before. Maybe if it was if it was specifically Mason Mount as a number ten role, because Mount isn't massively strong or massively See, quick at, at this point. And I know it's the issue is will then be that he's he is also needed elsewhere. But I genuinely think that the, your best option there is probably Stuart Dallas. It's it's an odd one. I just I, I honestly know you lose you lose a lot of the mobility that you have in the team when you take when you put Dallas in that role. But I think out of the options, he's probably the most well rounded to do it. Yeah, I do find myself thinking right <clears throat> if we end up having to play an out and out, it's like someone in there. Like 
it's the reason it's the reason that my brain keeps this is the little fuck it for baiting part of my brain. Because I don't really think any of it's gonna work. So you might as well give someone some minutes. So you might as well give him the go. Uh like if we can like as I, I think he'll have to play Shackleton as a right back slash right wing back, depending on what they play. Because if there's no Strauch, then Ailing's going to have to play centre-back. And then, so long as Dallas is one of midfielders, you can switch it to whatever you need to. Mm. Um, like the, It's more interesting talking about Chelsea's front end versus our defence and midfield. Because like their, you know, their back three will probably be like Christensen, Thiago Silva, Rudiger, maybe Aspilicueta will play instead of Christensen. Maybe Malang Sar will play. Sounds like Chalaba's injured. But all of their options at back three are good. I know Mendy made a massive bollocks against West Ham last weekend, but he is a really good keeper. Reese James, probably on current form, the best right wing back. What, him and Trent are the two. He was that. I don't know if he still is, but he was their top scorer. And he's, he's carrying my fantasy team to a mid-table finish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, He's he's having an absolute belter of season. I can't wait for England's next next game for him to be third understudy to Kyle Walker. Yeah, it's weird. Reese James is another one of you know one of them where you didn't have to have an eye for talent. You watched him in when he first played at Wigan and just went, Oh, him. Yeah. <laughs> he's really good. <laughs> because I think with Wigan using him at centre mid at times and yeah, they very quickly moved him from right back into middle midfield because they very quickly realised, oh, you're our best player by a mile. You're wasted out there. <laughs> Let's put him somewhere near Josh Windass, shall we? And just hope yeah. that they can do something. But, uh, and obviously Max Alonso's really good. And it, this is one of the things that if they do, that's why if they play two up top, one, the two will be Werner and Lukaku, which is terrifying. Uh, and two, if they play that system, that just, there's no way for, like, if they do play that system, it's wing back on wing back. And if you're looking at, like, maybe, if Strout plays, maybe like Furpo versus Reese James, you don't see that going well. If Furpo nah. tucks inside and it's what, Jack Harrison versus Reese James, don't see how that goes well. If they play one up front so that they are full backs are tucking in to mark. The two of them, and Mount and Havertz, for instance, then the wingers have got a chase for fullbacks back. So it's Reese James versus Harrison or Dan James, and Marcus Alonso breaking forward with Rafinha having to do a disciplined marking job. Like just none of these options sound good. No. <laughs> oh, um. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't feeling good about this, and you brought me down still. <laughs> Yeah, we it's, we will. It's, I said, it's we'll, that thing now. I, I, I looked at. Um, I was just looking, uh, thinking about you know other options at, at fullback, so we could keep either Dallas in midfield or something. And my only thought was, well, Gaetano was at Thor Parch the other day. Yeah, can he do a job? I I really do just not know what I I just think that we we just need to have. I, I, this, it's why I keep thinking, Just can we just not complicate it? Can we well, just play people in the positions? We'll probably get beat anyway. Like we, They always play three at the back, so we are going to have two up top. And I don't think for a second it'll happen. 
But can we just play like Roberts and Gellhart? The one thing I think you'd get from that is is you'd get a bit of industry out of them at least. I think that the press are right. Um, it's the one thing I do like about Tyler Roberts is he, he wants the ball. You know, I know he tends to drop a little bit deeper than Bamford does at times to try and get into the game a bit more, um, but without maybe the ability to to do it. But it, it is nice seeing someone who, who just wants to get on the ball, and he's you know he stopped doing a lot of the back heels now, which I think was one of the things that really frustrated me. I think um, one of the problems is, by the way, that Gelhart's very similar for that. He likes to drop off the front, get yeah. on the ball. Um. Yeah, there's so many different ways this could go in terms of the starting lineup. I think the result is still going to be the same. I think this could be one of those you could try everything on, you know, scum saving on football manager before this game with this team selection. You could try everything. I still still think we're losing 3 0. Yeah. Yeah. 3 0 is optimistic. uh, I don't know. I don't see a way out. And I have, for once, for once with this podcast lately, you know, I didn't finish work 10 minutes before we went on. I have actually had time to have a think about it and stuff. And I know that obviously I'm not nearly intelligent enough when it comes to football to be in a position where I'd back myself to figure this out. But I can normally figure out, oh, well, this will be how the shape goes. With this, I just I just see big holes everywhere and if i put someone somewhere if i go wait yeah but if we play him there that covers that oh but then there's this big gaping hole over here and it basically comes down to if you're playing a man marking system and in 10 out of 11 positions they're better than you and now calvin phillips is injured so maybe 11 out of 11 (laughs) You know, yeah, I'm trying to think who in. Uh, uh, who... Uh, Ruf, they they would lo- they would probably quite like to have Rafinha as one of the two playing off Lukaku, but he won't play every week. No, <laughs> no one does. But yeah, uh... no, I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. I even had a thought of maybe we play Dallas on the left wing, so he can just track Reese James. But because we've got no players anywhere else, then who the hell do you play in midfield? <laughs> like, Damn just... it, Stuart Dallas. Why can't you track, track three of their players all at once? Can't they just be four of you? And can it be the version from last season? <laughs> oh, uh, right. So It's, it's okay, though, because, you know, you just look at the fixture and think, well, we'll get, we'll get the Chelsea game out of the way. But it's only Man City next. Yeah. Which, you know... A couple of days after. Yeah. Uh... Right, so I came into this with no confidence, and I've got to be honest, talking about it has made it worse. Have you talked yourself into feeling worse? Yeah, I've talked myself out of the 2-0, I was going to say, I think. Uh, We're going to have a real go, and we'll score, and we'll get beat 4-1. Oh, God, it's going to be like Stamford Bridge last year, isn't it, when when Bamford scored, and we thought, God, this might actually happen. Oh, no, it's not. Oh no! Yeah, remember the the mind you. I know that they weren't great at Ellen Road last season, and we got a nil nil. But like the Lampard version of these battered us into the ground, and this version's miles better, <laughs> and we're miles worse. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. 
What what did you go with then? Four Let's one. Go. Four. Oh, four one. I'm going to stick with my three 0 defeat. Fair enough. Uh, they, they might take mercy on us. Yeah, I'd I'd love to be more optimistic. Not like, about not like England's ladies, uh, the England women's team with Latvia. Twenty nil. <sighs> that's insanity. At what point do you stop a game? Yeah, that's that's one of them where um, it's one of the only times of that mercy rule that they have in America. You're like, mm, maybe. <laughs> I think around seven or eight nil, they should have said to Tony, you can put another one on. Go on, ah, put quick. another centre back in. Craig Forrest is spinning in his grave at you saying that. <laughs> and yeah, I know he's not. Well, at least I think he's not dead. I haven't had cause to look it up. <laughs> I would assume he isn't. I feel like I'd know if he was. But now we're. Uh... Uh, Canadian soccer player. So once, once this all goes wrong on a Saturday, we'll probably try and be back Sunday or Monday to preview a much easier game away at Manchester City. <laughs> Craig Forrest was the uh, 2000 Gold Cup MVP. Huh. The more you know. <laughs> well, at least, oh. at least on the subject of goalkeepers, at least Melly is good. Yeah, what, he's what is he now? The the youngest goalkeeper to make 50 Premier League appearances as well. That was uh, mm. it's a nice little bit. Yeah, hopefully. just trying to find any positives to finish up. Yeah, anything. Yeah, I, was I, here. yeah. Go on, go on, uh, Tommy Lufc's Twitter and look at the gifts he's made with the made none. <laughs> <laughs> he's made various gifts of that that are quite fun. So yeah, I believe the conclusion is, barring a miracle, we're screwed. <laughs> fucked. We're yeah. absolutely fucked. Well, on that cheery note, uh, I think we'll end. <laughs> so. I've been Merry Jack, fucking see. Christmas. <laughs> and a fucking <laughs> happy fucking New Year. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> see, did you just... You can... It, we're not even in the same room and I can feel your negativity. <laughs> so, yeah, that'll do us. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.